welcome to Jump, into Catholicism, relationships, and more. I'm Lauren. And I'm Ellie, and this is our podcast where we talk about what we love about Catholicism, how to best navigate all of your relationships, and other topics we're passionate about. We cannot wait for y'all to join our coffee date. Hi guys, welcome back to our podcast. For this week, Ellie and I are going to be talking a little bit about different kinds of boundaries. We're so excited to be back again, and we can't wait to talk about boundaries. (laughs) I'm sure you guys are excited to listen. I know. I feel like this is always a hot topic. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start with our roses, thorns, and buds. So Ellie? I'll take it away. So for my rose, it's probably that last weekend I had some money. My birthday was about a month ago now. And so I got a bunch of gift cards and just, like, money (laughs) from my family. (laughs) And so I decided to go on a shopping spree. And so it was so fun because I realized how much I love shopping, which isn't good. (laughs) It was, like, I didn't spend my actual money. And so it was so fun just to, like, be like, I'm just going to buy that. My mom always tells me, like, when you get, like, money for Christmas or for your birthday, she said a good thing to do is buy something you wouldn't normally buy for yourself Mm -hmm. because it's a gift, you know? And so it is, it's fun because you get to buy something normally you'd be like, I could live without it because yeah. it's like a little present that you actually get to pick. So I support you 100%. Oh, thank you. My rose for this week is that a couple of weeks ago, one of my friends invited me to go to Latin Mass with her. And it's mm-hmm. something I hadn't been to before. I honestly did not know much about it, but I'm trying out new churches in the area. And so I was like, well, why the heck not? Let's try out a new church. And so... I went and I didn't know much about Latin Mass before. And so I thought the only things that were going to be different was the fact that the priest would face the altar and things would be in Latin. And it was just different. (laughs) There was more kneeling. There were like more prayers. I did not know what was going on. But it was really cool. And it was really beautiful just to see like that different form of the Mass that the Mass used to be said in until honestly, what, like 60? I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. It was just really cool and beautiful to be able to see that different form. And I've been, again, since then, and I just really like it. And it's kind of, like, mysterious Mm -hmm. in, like, a very cool way. And I want to learn more about it. I went one time, and I remember being like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It really is. So my thorn for this week is that the other day I went to Target. I'm usually there. (laughs) Way more than I should. We love Target. We really support Target. But anyways... (laughs) I was FaceTiming Lauren, and I was like, gonna make cookies for the girls in my Bible study. So, our first time meeting this semester. What a good Bible study host. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, literally about to start checking out, and I just realized I forgot like a bunch of things. <laughs> and so, I had to leave self checkout, and it was just kind of chaotic. Because <laughs> like, a lot of people were behind me, and I was just like on the phone. <laughs> I just felt. I feel I almost like you're doing the walk of shame. You it know? really felt like that. <laughs> That was my that was my low point. <laughs> Honestly, a very relatable. Um, my thorn is that so I just started work like a month and a half ago, and for work I have a twenty week orientation, which is where mm-hmm. I'm with another nurse and she's like teaching me everything there's to know about her unit and things. And I'm about five, I think five weeks in, um, and so obviously I still have another seventy five percent left to go, but. I think the hardest thing is just, well, one, work is not as fun as college, but I still love it. I love my job, but it's hard, like, not knowing a lot of the things. Like, I've asked questions about a lot of the things I'm doing and, like, what the protocol is and what to do next, Mm -hmm. 
and which is good. That's why you're with another nurse, but I just like being independent. So I feel like having to like rely so much on someone else to teach you just like so much. It's just like, I'm like, oh, I want to be independent and I wish I knew this, but I don't yet. Just like the struggle of not feeling like competent to know everything. It's definitely hard, especially like starting out. Yeah. You're doing great. Thank you. (laughs) So my bed for this week is that last Sunday, our priest, he always goes really fire home at least. But he really spilled them out. (laughs) (laughs) Out to the student mass on Sunday. And so the homily was just aimed more towards college students. And so... Mm -hmm. He drew a focus on, like, why are we in college? What's the purpose? And, like, what should we be focusing yeah. on in college? And he was saying how we think, oh, I need to get ahead in my career. I need to take all these classes. I need to get good grades. And all that's good. It's not necessarily bad. But he said that the most important thing is to focus on your faith and make a foundation for the rest of your life. And so that really just, like, first of all, calling me. Because I feel like, I not that I do a perfect job at that. Yeah. But, like, I'm somewhere, more so than, like, my career, probably. <laughs> but it was going to be like, yeah, that's so true. Because in the end, our faith is the most important thing. Like, God's not going to look at what we do, what we, what kind of grades we got, what classes we took when we die. He's going to th- see mm-hmm. how we lived. And so it was just a great reminder that that's what I need to be striving towards and what I need to be working on. I love getting to hear all his homilies through you. <laughs> But I feel like, yeah, that's so true. And I feel like it's kind of weird because you don't think of college as like, not a breeding ground, but mm-hmm. you know, like where you can grow in your faith because yeah. you think college parties, degrees, and that's mm-hmm. kind of it. But you don't really think faith when you think yeah. college. But so many colleges have so many different campus ministries, like whether you're Catholic or not, mm-hmm. like there's always seems to be one for every denominations, yeah. um, mostly, at least at big schools. But yeah, there are just so many young adults there that mm-hmm. you can just jump right into, which when you're not at that stage in your life, it's harder. Like before you're in college, it's harder because you don't have as many mm-hmm. peers your age to support you. And then when you're in adulthood, it's harder because you don't have like that center ground. So I think it's really cool how colleges really are a good place to grow yeah. your faith, whether people like realize it or not. Yeah, that's so true. Because like, it's so easy right now. So it's such a great community. Mm-hmm. And like, all my friends are from that community and help me strive just towards like virtue and excellency but when I graduate I'm probably not gonna have that I said I need to make those have good to have now, a foundation but. now yeah good homilies good homilies <laughs> snaps <laughs> well my bud is that I have a goal of completing my dresser project so <laughs> I have it's actually my mom's old dresser that was then my sister's that I got my senior year of college and I about two weeks before I moved from Tuscaloosa, I decided to redo it. <laughs> and so that's been, I don't know, how many months? Three months? How's it been? Oh. I think you started in July. Oh, I just started in July. It's been two months. But anyways, this project should have taken a week. Um, <laughs> and I just have one thing to do left. I just have to drill new holes in the drawers, put on the new drawer pulls, and then drill my mirror to the dresser. But it's just, it's been a project that needs to be finished. And I'm going to make it a goal to finish it this week yes <laughs> so that is my bud <laughs> i love it because i feel like i've really seen just the progression of the dresser every time you come visit uh, there's been a lot of highs and lows <laughs> we're just gonna jump right into this topic. oh i see what you yeah. did there <laughs> but yeah we're gonna jump right into this topic of having boundaries in relationships so we're going to start with just talking about boundaries you have in friendships and specifically like boundaries you need to have in opposite sex friendships because mm-hmm. that's kind of where you can get into some gray area. 
So, Ellie, do you have any big points you want to bring up? I think one huge thing that I know I've just realized over my 21 years of life <laughs> is that the conversations that you have just with different friends or just, like, different... Like, your same-sex friends and your opposite-sex sex friends. friends. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. But, like, they just matter so much and you need to be having, like, set boundaries on mm-hmm. conversations that you have with your girlfriends and conversations that you have with your guy friends. Like, obviously, it's good to, like, have good conversations with both. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you're dealing with something really, like, a deep sin or just something that's really yeah. struggling in your life, that might not be the most creative thing to share yes. with, like, your guy friend just because as women, we're so, like, just emotionally mm-hmm. based. We just become more emotionally attracted when we're just, like, letting everything yeah, loose no. to a guy mm-hmm. when we're not in a dating relationship. Or even if you're dating, some things, like, you shouldn't be telling yeah. your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Yeah, no, I definitely agree that there needs to be differences between your gal friends and your guy friends. Like, one example, Ellie and I were actually talking about this earlier, is I was dealing with an issue and I talked to Ellie and some of my other close girlfriends about it. And I really just, like, needed a guy's take. And so I asked one of my guy friends for his opinion. But there was, like, a difference in the amount Mm -hmm. I shared and, like, the depth there was and the vulnerability. Because you don't want to cross that line with the opposite sex just because it can lead to, like, some murky waters. Mm-hmm. And I know for someone like me who has, like, a, I have a lot of guy friends. I've had a lot of guy friends yeah. my whole lives. And there are points where I didn't have any girlfriends. I just had guy friends. And so they're the people I shared to. And it ends up getting tricky when it's, like, from a guy's perspective, they're probably, like, this girl shared all this stuff with me. She spends all this time with mm-hmm. me. Maybe there's some feelings here. Maybe, like, there's something that needs to come out of this when, like, I didn't have any intentions of that. And so it is, like, yeah, just... It's great to have those great friendships with the opposite sex, but there is definitely, like, a line that needs to be set for the vulnerability that you're able to share. Like, I think just in friendships in general, you need to be vulnerable with one another. I feel mm-hmm. like that does set a good precedent. Yeah. But you definitely need to think, like, how, like, you can't be too vulnerable when it's a friendship with the opposite sex. Like, how Lauren was saying that situation. Because I was actually there. She talked to, yeah. like, our guy <laughs> friend. But... Just, like, the present she had was way different than when mm-hmm. she told me or, like, asked for my opinion and stuff. And it's just, like, the way that you present yourself and the way you present mm-hmm. what you're going through yeah. needs to be taken into consideration. Yeah. I think another thing is also just taking into account how often you're spending time with, like, the opposite sex friends. Mm-hmm. Just because, as Josh Turner <laughs> says, time is love. Oh, we love Josh Turner. We might go see him soon. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> anyways we were listening to that song earlier we were um but just like quality time is so Mm -hmm. i mean it's a love language yeah yeah that means a lot so just thinking how much time are you how much time (laughs) are you spending with this person or with Mm -hmm. your friend like what setting is it in is it like a public place with a lot of people or is it just youtube just Mm -hmm. because that can get tricky because i feel like if it's in like a like, I know a lot of times we've mentioned, like, our student center that we have. Mm-hmm. Where if, like, it's just you two in there and you guys are hanging out, it's a public setting. Anyone can walk out anytime. And it's not, like, an intentional mm-hmm. thing. Whereas if you're just friends with someone and you're always, like, hey, I'm going to, like, come over and hang out with you. And it, no one else is there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, hey, let's go do this together. Intentions there are kind of unclear. And while the time spent together might be very wholesome, there is yeah. definitely, like, that murky, like, is this going to become anything? Just because you don't know what to expect when you're spending all that time with that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like to a certain extent, like, it's not bad if it's, like, once in a while or if, like, those intentions are there. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it can get tricky. <laughs> Another thing, too, 
one time I was told, like, just about I text, like, people. That's not bad to text your friend. Like, obviously, I text my yes. friends and stuff, but, like, I text Lauren way more than I text any of my guy mm-hmm. friends just because it's different, and you need to be intentional in those relationships yeah. because if you're texting somebody all the time, then at least from a girl's perspective, you start thinking, like, oh, why am I, mm-hmm. like, talking to this person? Like, why is he texting me and stuff? That gray area. I definitely agree. I, I think we were actually talking about texting a few months ago. Mm-hmm. This sounds like... This is seeming vaguely familiar, but that definitely is true that, like, if you get a text from someone, like, especially the opposite sex, and, like, you always respond, you always have, like, a leading response to where it's like, oh, I want a question, a response in return, like, Mm -hmm. maybe it's time for you to do some self-reflecting on, like, if you have feelings or you want something to come out of this. And if you don't, then you need to realize that it's time for you to take a step back and how much you are texting. Mm -hmm. And if it is something you're interested in, then... I mean, obviously, keep letting the guy know you're interested or, like, bring it up to him, like, that you are. Or vice versa with a guy and a girl, you know? <laughs> Something to reflect on mm-hmm. is, like, when I send a text to one of my guy friends, like, why do I want to do that? Is it because, like, oh, yeah. I want to talk to them and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, have a conversation with them because I like them? Like, deep mm-hmm. down might not be aware of it yet. Or is it, yeah. like, oh, I just saw, like, I think they find it funny and, like, mm-hmm. there's no feelings there or anything. Just, yeah. like, being friendly. I think that's a really good point just because they're definitely like I have a lot of guy friends but I a lot of times don't have the desire to just text yeah. them unless I find something that I think they'll really like and then I'm like oh this will be fun to send to them but no I think that's definitely a good point Ellie and yeah I find that to be really true like I don't I love all my guy friends but I don't mm-hmm. always want to text them yeah no offense yeah no, no, guys no offense to you guys other text lords them scream sorry guys the microphone fell we have it sitting on a stool right now and it was like on the edge and just toppled over onto ellie <laughs> it was scary my life flashed before my eyes but we made it <laughs> okay so anyways boundaries <laughs> back to boundaries with all that i do think it's like super great to have yeah. opposite sex friends just because guys and girls think differently mm-hmm. and like guys can definitely give us that perspective that like we can't see or we can't give yeah and i think it's beautiful to have like good friendships like not like have like your best friend be a guy like, that's not bad but mm-hmm. you do need to think of like boundaries and everything and prudency but it's really beautiful to be able to lean on like have guys yeah. that you can go to or have girls that you can go to so and it's so important just yeah to have those opposite sex friends and you know eventually like one of the opposite sex friends might lead into your spouse. Like, you don't know that. Yeah. I think, I know I've mentioned this before, but I think dating is especially good when it starts as a friendship. Yeah. And so that's really great. It's just, with everything we said, it's more to, like, protect your own heart and to protect mm-hmm. the heart of those around you. Yeah. Because once you fall into those murky situations, it's a lot harder to recover and have a smooth friendship after that. So it's just, yeah, being cognizant of your boundaries and still really being able to enjoy spending time with friends of the same sex and friends of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Like, it's great. They're all blessings. And it's just, yeah, it's really fun. So now what you guys have been waiting for, we're going to talk a little bit about boundaries and dating relationships. So we'll go over like emotional and physical boundaries that we think are good and that we would like to implement in our own lives when we date someone one day. So do you have any beginning points, Ellie? Well, if we just want to get to what we're all thinking is like physical boundaries. Yeah. I think that's something really important to just mm-hmm. sit down like when you first get in yeah. a relationship just because you don't want right to away. cross with anything that you can't take back. Yeah, I think it's really good to set up those physical boundaries right away. Because like you said, then you know the expectations and nothing's getting crossed that you don't want to get crossed. 
And if you do it right away, then you already set the stage of the relationship open for honesty and vulnerability and to like, you know, a progressive extent as it should be throughout the relationship. But you just have those expectations of what you each want. And, you know, right away, if they're not compatible, like if Mm -hmm. the girl's like, yeah, I want to have sex all the time. And the guy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe, you know, you're not compatible like right then. And like you get to spare all those feelings. So, yeah, just setting those down right away is good. If we want to get into like the nitty gritties of what we each think are okay to do in terms of physical boundaries, I think Ellie and I are both comfortable talking about what our own boundaries would be physically. And it is different for everyone because what is fine for one person might affect someone else differently. Mm -hmm. So obviously each relationship physically will look different, but I do think there are some limits where maybe no one should go while they're dating. This is all personal, but I just think from experience, this is like, what I think would be best. So I think that while you're dating, physical touch, just like how much you share emotionally is a progressive thing. So Mm -hmm. I think on the first date, not kissing is is a good thing. Like, and depending on how comfortable, like a kiss on the cheek might be sweet. As a first date, that's probably a good thing to start with. And then I feel like holding hands is okay. Putting Mm -hmm. your arm around someone's okay. Like hugging. Those things are all very sweet. I think cheek kisses are sweet. Forehead (laughs) kisses. You know, like, All those things like are very good and very wholesome and you need to have that physical intimacy in a relationship in a chaste way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are all very good at developing that physical trust with someone but still not breaking any boundaries. And then I do feel like later on, like a kiss on the lips, I think that's okay too. But I personally would not take it past a kiss. I don't think that making out is necessarily the most prudent thing to do Mm -hmm. just because... When you think of making out, you think, what is its purpose? And what am I trying to get out of making out with someone? Am I trying to make them happy? Am I trying to look out for their best interest? Or does it just feel nice? Yeah. I used to think, honestly, until like the last year or two, making out's totally okay if you don't go farther. Once you think of behind the purpose of why you make out, then you start to realize when you make out with someone, it's really not for their best interest and with your best heart. Because until you're married, you're not going any farther. And so mm-hmm. it's just kind of setting up for not like a letdown, but you're like, okay, what was the point in this? Yeah. I just wasted so much time making out when we could have been, you could yeah. be having good like getting conversations. To know each other getting point. to know each other, deciding if this is the person you want to spend the rest yeah. of your life with. So and also like, if you don't know where it's going or like, you don't know why you want to do it, then you're kind of just... Or you are just using yeah. it's because you just want to feel that like emotion, like the physical stuff that, and it's not, that stuff's not bad to feel, but in the right context. In the right context, that, it's great. In the right context is marriage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also being blunt. But yeah, like if you truly love somebody, when you love somebody, it's not like you don't show them that by having sex with them or by making out with them, yeah. you show them that by treating them right mm-hmm. and being chaste because love in its definition is willing the good for the other person mm-hmm. and sacrifice. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think a good thing, like when you're thinking about what proper boundaries you want to take in your relationship is just remembering that the person that you're in a relationship with right now, that's not your spouse. And you don't know for sure if that's the person you're going to end up with and marry. And like just thinking what things would I not want somebody have done with my wife or to my wife you know I don't know if I'd want somebody like making out with my husband all the time or like honestly I think a lot of times like in society people are like oh if I sleep in the same bed with my boyfriend but like we're not having sex that's okay but it's like I don't want some girl sleeping with my husband (laughs) they're not doing it like I'm not okay with that Mm -hmm. and just like those kind of things just taking into account of would I not be comfortable with something that my husband did with somebody else good point Ellie good point (laughs) 
And I think that also goes to say about if you are engaged, you have to remember that you are still not married to that Mm -hmm. person. Like, yes, there's a deeper level of commitment and it is very likely that you will marry that person, but it's not certain and things could happen before the wedding and you could possibly not marry them. Mm -hmm. And so that, yeah, that person is not your spouse yet. So I think it's also important to remember those physical boundaries while you're engaged. I honestly don't think they should really change from while you're dating. Mm -hmm. That's my personal opinion. I think physically while you're dating and when you're engaged, the physical boundaries should look the same just because you're not married. You Mm -hmm. don't have the marital rights yet. And I think it's very important to uphold that because the bond and marriage is so sacred and it's such a gift Mm -hmm. and we really need to do our best to treasure it. Kind of going away from physical boundaries, also emotional boundaries, which Mm -hmm. I think is also pretty important in dating. Just because, like, yeah, when you're dating somebody, you do share more about yourself than, like, your guy friends or your girlfriends. There's also, like, to a certain extent of things that you tell that person. You shouldn't be depending on that person Mm -hmm. for everything and all your problems just because they aren't your spouse and they aren't the person who, you know, you become one with. You're your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And I think emotional boundaries are something that's very hard because I feel like there's this big mindset of, yes, we have physical boundaries and those are good, but you don't really think about emotional boundaries because it's like, what is crossing emotional boundaries? Like, how do you go about navigating that? I feel like the line there is very, it's very hard to place because people have different levels of, I don't want to say emotional capabilities, but kind of like emotional tanks. Like people have different levels of what they need and what they give and how they give that. And so it's very hard to put lines on what an emotional boundary is. And so I think some things that um, look like examples of not having good emotional boundaries are like saying I love you after a week. Because do you know the person well enough to want to die for them and be willing to die for them? Like things like that are so huge, I think. Mm -hmm. Like I love you. And you don't want to be saying that too quickly when, you know, you don't really mean it. Like you might think that you love that person, but like you don't want to get people's hopes up or like leave people on if you're in that relationship. And I think also just like, you know, if you're dating and if you're talking about like, oh, when we get married, we're going to do this. And when we get married, we're going to do that. I think that sets you up for a lot of hurt because you have these plans in your head of you being married. together in the future and then if that doesn't happen you're like but we made all these plans together Mm -hmm. um so I think that's something that's also hard and it's very easy to get caught in the moment with your significant other and be excited about that because it's normal to want to be excited about that we are made for a relationship we all want to like be Mm -hmm. with people and be with each other and so that's a very normal thing to do but I think that's where we can prevent some heartache is just by realizing that talking about the future and that extent is not necessarily the most prudent thing to do. Definitely. Especially, I feel like it's such an easy thing. Like you are saying, so easy to get caught up in. Mm-hmm. Especially as women, I feel like. Yes. Oh, we yes. We always think about the future. Like a guy looks at you and you're like, we're going to get married. going to be my husband. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely can add up to a lot of hurt when you do that in an imprudent way because it's important to talk about like when you're dating you're discerning marriage it's Mm -hmm. like you do need to talk about you know like if you do want to marry that person yeah like you need to have those conversations but in a prudent way and not yes expecting that you will get married i definitely agree and kind of paralleling what i said off of physical boundaries and how you don't want to do it like all at once and Mm -hmm. too fast i also think it's the same like sharing about your life like you know you start sharing the surface level things on the first date and you start I don't want to be like cliche, but you start peeling back the yeah. onion, like each state progressively from then. And then once you enter, enter into um, a committed relationship, you start peeling back more by more. And I think that's the best way to do it just mm-hmm. because 
if you share everything at once, you've given that person your whole heart. You've yeah. entrusted them with your heart, with your life, with your stories, your experiences. And so if the relationship doesn't go on longer, much past that, they just have all that. They have yeah. your whole life in their hands. And so I think it's important to also just be cognizant of what you're sharing and when you're sharing it. Um, you know, don't go sharing your deepest, darkest sins a month in. If you've been together for several months and you think there's a real future with you guys, then like, yeah, bring that up. Talk about it. But it needs to be like what you also mentioned earlier, Ellie, in a very like prudent way mm-hmm. and being just aware of the fact that these conversations do need to happen at some point, but right away is not the time or place. Yeah. And it's also just, like, a lot to put on for the other person in that yeah, relationship. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you might be comfortable, like, saying everything about your life, but that might be a lot for that person to take in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people handle dif- or information differently. And some people, like, put so much, like, anxiety and worry on themselves, even though, like, there's not really anything they can do yeah. about it. Like, it might not be the most loving thing to do mm-hmm. to just share everything about yeah. your life with somebody. Or they might not be that interested in you. Like, on the first date, if you're telling them, like, all this stuff and they're just not that interested. They're like, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> then that puts them in an awkward position to be like, I don't really see a relationship or a future with you. Then you just told them so much stuff. So just being aware of that. And, like, with all these emotional boundaries being said, I think an important note to mention is kind of farther down the line when you are in, a, like, a very committed relationship with someone, like, You've talked about getting married with them in like a good way. Like Mm -hmm. you have these plans, you're engaged or something. There also needs to be a level of emotional boundaries with your friends outside that relationship. They should not know everything that's going on within your romantic relationship once you get to that point because that is up between you and your partner. And I think it is crossing just boundaries of trust with your significant other. If you are telling all your friends every little thing that's happening in your relationship. Yeah. Because once you get married, that's your spouse. They are above anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of setting that up progressively as you go throughout your romantic relationship with someone is, I think, just a good thing to remember for your other friends. Not that your friends lose value, yeah. but you need to know the place in which you share stuff about your significant other with them. Mm-hmm. I also think, like, when you're in a relationship before you get to that point, you need to have boundaries in, like, the amount of time you're spending with your significant other. And, like, yeah. like I've had friends who've been this way or, like, I've just seen it from mm-hmm. the third eye of, like, people who get in a relationship and they just don't talk to their friends anymore, don't spend time. And it's like, yeah, you do need to be setting specific time for the person you're in a relationship mm-hmm. because that's, like, serious. And yeah. it's something you need to be making priority, but you also can't just ditch all your friends because... Mm-hmm that guy could leave you like whenever you want and you're not gonna have friends to go to i think it's important to make sure that you're still being intentional with the girlfriends that you have i really like how you brought that up because that is something like in the past like i have not always been the best with like in the relationship i was in like when it started at one point my best friend came up to me and she's like hey like i know it's exciting to be in a new relationship she's like but i feel like i haven't really seen you at all and I was like, oh, because, like, I don't want to be that girl who, like, you know, is only with her boyfriend. Yeah. Because it is important to maintain those female friendships because you never know what will happen. And so I was just, like, really glad that she said something. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm like, good for you for saying that because sometimes yeah. I'd be too nervous to say that. So I was just really glad she did. So, yeah, being aware of how much time you're spending with a person and is an appropriate amount of time for how long you've been together. Mm-hmm. And also vice versa. Like, <laughs> you can't be spending all the time with your girlfriends yes. when you're in a relationship and not... Any time with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, it'd be kind of a problem if you're dating someone and you didn't yeah. really see them. So, <laughs> yes. Rip. It's all about balance, guys. Because yeah. <laughs> we're just so perfect. Because <laughs> we're great at it. Uh-huh.
That's all we have for you guys for this week on boundaries. I'm sure this will be hinted at in other episodes too about different boundaries Mm -hmm. and things. So we'll probably bring up more things or different things or just the same thing again. But as always, if you have any questions, you know you can DM us on Instagram at jump into Catholicism or send us an email at jump into Catholicism at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. We love hearing your questions, reading your stuff. Anything you need, just let us know and we'll be happy to answer you. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. We are so excited to jump into our next topic with you. 